Did you know that 63% of Americans believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God? But there are many of those people who do not believe all the stories in the Old Testament, nor do they believe all the miracles in the New Testament. There was the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis, and part of that story was Lot's wife turning into a pillar of salt. Can that be true? What about the burning bush where God spoke through Moses? The bush burned, but was not consumed. Then there are stories about creation and Adam and Eve, and the murder of Abel by his brother Cain. Can we believe those? Can we believe the stories about Abraham? The Bible tells us that when Abraham was 100 years old, his old, old wife brought forth his firstborn son. His name was Isaac. That was incredible. It was physically impossible. But the Bible tells us that story. How about Noah and the ark? Now, there is a big story. Can you believe it? Well, as we have looked through the New Testament, we have found that the world's greatest expert on the Old Testament did believe that those stories were true, that they are historic. And that person is none other than Jesus, the Son of the living God, the one who came from heaven, who was born of a virgin, took on a human body, but whose existence was from the beginning. He was with God in the beginning, He was God, and he became flesh. Some 2,000 years ago, scores of prophecies were fulfilled when in the city of Bethlehem a baby was born of a virgin. That was promised for hundreds and hundreds of years, and it came to pass. And God sent an angel to that virgin and told her that she would conceive and bring forth a son, that he would call his name Jesus and that he would be great and he'd be called the Son of the Most High. And he also promised her that someday he would rule over all Israel as David's son. He was the heir of that throne, the son of Abraham, the son of David. This is the Jesus, the Christ, who confirmed that the Old Testament books of the Jews, known as the Scriptures, were indeed the Word of God. But did Jesus believe that great story about Jonah being swallowed by a fish? That story is found in the book of Jonah, of course. Jonah was a prophet, and Jonah was called by the Lord to go to the great city of Nineveh. It was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. When did this happen? Well, it happened in the 7th century. How do we know that? Because the city was destroyed in 612 B.C. when the Babylonians captured it. So his journey to that city came before that time. Jonah was in Joppa when God called him, and Joppa is a suburb of Tel Aviv. We were there last spring. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. He feared the city, so he boarded a ship and headed for Tarshish. But God sent a violent storm, a great wind upon the sea. And Jonah eventually ended up in the water, being thrown overboard by the sailors who sensed that he was fighting God. Well, a great fish came along. God sent the fish and swallowed Jonah. 
And Jonah was in that fish's belly three days and three nights. Well, Jonah prayed in that fish's belly, and he learned some things. And after that, he was delivered to do God's will. He was vomited up on the seashore by that great fish. And Jonah then decided to obey God, and he went to that great city of Nineveh. It was an extremely large city, requiring three days to walk through it. In 1843, that long-lost city of Nineveh was discovered. It's located in northern Iraq. I was there also earlier this year. The city is there, and the monuments of its greatness can still be seen. A great library was found there. One of the latter kings named Ashurbanipal collected clay tablets, and in his library they found many remarkable stories of the past. On one of those tablets, archaeologists read the Assyrian cuneiform, which quoted Ashurbanipal as saying, that he enjoyed reading the clay tablets from the time before the flood. Most people who've gone to Sunday school have heard the story of Jonah and the whale, or Jonah and the big fish. Some people have heard that story and said, well, it sounds like a fish story to me, which means they don't really believe it's true. Did Jesus believe that it was true? Oh, he did indeed. In Matthew chapter 12, when the Pharisees and the scribes came to him, they said, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign shall be given to it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, or the whale, or the fish, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall stand up with this generation at the judgment and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The Queen of the South shall rise up with this generation at the judgment and shall condemn us because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The queen of the south was the queen of Sheba. Now think of what Jesus is saying here. He believes that Jonah was swallowed by a big fish. And he said, his own death, burial, and resurrection would be similar to what Jonah experienced in the fish's belly. Listen again to verse 40. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus' total mission in coming to this earth was based here on the truth of Jonah being in the fish's belly. If what Jonah experienced was not a true story, then there is no reason why we ought to believe the story of the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you throw one out, you throw out the other. 
Didn't Jesus know whether the story of Jonah was true? He speaks of it as a historic fact. These Pharisees and scribes who were talking to Jesus had the book of Jonah in their Old Testament. It was part of their religion. They were followers of Judaism, the religion given by God to Moses for the people of Israel. All that happened in the 14th century B.C. Oh, they knew the story well, but Jesus foretold that they would be judged because they didn't accept the one God had sent. He said, The men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and shall condemn it because they repented when they heard the preaching of Jonah. But these men would not. And they had the best preacher of all, Jesus Christ, the man who knew everything. But he was more than a man. He was the God-man. And he spoke everything God wanted him to say. He couldn't be wrong about anything because he was speaking God's word. He never sinned. If Jesus had said one thing that was wrong and claimed that it was God's word, then he sinned. But Jesus did speak God's word, and he said he invented nothing. He imagined nothing. The words that he spoke were the words which the Father had given him to speak. There'll be judgment for people who do not heed the words of Jesus, just as there will be judgment on those men who heard Jesus Christ and yet rejected him. Yes, Jesus believed the story, that great fish story of Jonah and the whale. Thus we have Jesus expressing an attitude toward Old Testament people and events which is unlike human opinion. He makes a divine expression that involves moral application to the Jews of his day, along with certain judgment and prophecy. His was the voice of God. Our Lord was not timid or evasive about himself or his authority. He knew who he was, and he knew from where he came. He often told his disciples and others that he came from the Father, and that the Father had sent him to the earth. He said he would return to the Father, and said, quote, And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness to me. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him whom he has sent. Jesus one time told the Jews, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And those scriptures are they which testify of me. He was speaking about the Old Testament, of course. The prophets had written about his coming, about this anointed one of God who would come to be the Savior of the world and the King of Israel. All the prophets spoke of this amazing person who visited the earth. He was God in the form of man. After his own resurrection, he traced his coming through the Old Testament on several occasions. One of those was in Luke chapter 24. Listen to verse 27. Luke writes, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. 
His use of these scriptures was an authentication of their divine authority. No other purpose was served by such an activity. Jesus earlier in Luke 24 said, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And then he took them through one of the greatest Bible studies recorded in Scripture. He had a Bible study with them. He began with Moses and then went through all the prophets, explaining to them the things concerning himself in those Scriptures. Oh, how I wish I had been there. That would have been marvelous. Now, what might Jesus have taught in the law and in the prophets? Luke tells us that he began with Moses. Where in Moses' writings do we find anything about Jesus Christ? We find it in Deuteronomy chapter 18. When God told Moses that he would raise up another prophet like Moses, he would be a Jew, one of those people, and that God would put his words in that prophet's mouth and the people should listen to him. That meant no longer would they listen to Moses because a new prophet would be brought on the scene with a new message from God. In tomorrow's lesson, we'll talk more about what Jesus might have taught to those disciples. When Paul addressed the elders at Ephesus, he said, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. What did he mean by grace? Our free booklet, entitled Grace, will help explain that right for your free copy today. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calipota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.